thank you for downloading this episode of Short Play Podcast. Tonight, we will be presenting the play I Am the Vulture by Daniel M. Wolfe. The time is now. The place is a bedroom in a woman's house. Enjoy the show. I'm going to miss you and all that I've known. Parents, too. Isaac and Anne, two good friends. Well, almost two good friends. I know. It must be hard for you. Hard? What is hard? There are more definitions for that word than are even in the dictionary. Do you know that we encounter different kinds of hardness around us every day? Hardness of the heart, the arteries, the head, other parts. What do you mean by hard, Isaac? Knowing that you're going to die. That. That's not hard. I dare say that's harder for you than it is for me. It is. I love you. I know. I'm glad we're friends, you know. If death is something that we all face, why are so many of us afraid of it? Simple logic tells us that we will all face death, and we spend so much time avoiding it. Sometimes you get so tired, Isaac. You get so tired. I just wish that I had accomplished more. You've accomplished a lot. For whom? Ah, ask not for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. I hear a bell. Do you hear it, Isaac? No, there's no bell ringing, Anne. Yes, there is. I hear it. You're imagining things. I love the sound of bells. They're inviting. They ring and chime and chime and ring. Every time I hear a bell, I think of death. The comfort of it. The sweet surrender to it. You never could celebrate life. Yes, I could. I did, and I do. All my life I've celebrated being alive, just not the way you did, or the way that you wanted me to. Do you hear the bell, Isaac? There's no bell, Anne. I hear it. I hear it. It's not there, Anne. You must have heard that. Heard what? What are you talking about? The bell. There is no bell. There is. There isn't. There is. There isn't. Now look what you made me do. I broke the model. I'm sorry, Isaac. It's all right. You must hate me sometimes. I am sorry. Sometimes. My poor Isaac and his poor ships. Do you enjoy making fun of me? I'm not. Look at my necklace. Remember Charlie? He gave this to me before. Well, before. I remember Charlie. I was hard on you. Hard. Sorry, I forgot... Oh, Isaac, you're too dear. You remember this stuffed bear? It was a gift that you gave me. I remember. You wanted to make love to me that night. I did. Oh, yes. I always know when you want to make love to me. We both try to pretend that neither of us know it. But I always know it. It was different that night. Usually, even in your most tender moments, there's a lust which I find very complimentary. Although unattractive. But that night? All there was in your eyes was the tender longing of a man in love with me. I actually almost made love with you that night. Do you know why I didn't? Must we discuss this? Of course not. 
I'm sorry if this hurts you. I do tend to hurt you so. <coughs> do you believe in God, Isaac? Yes. And what's he like? <laughs> I know, stupid question. No, no, not at all. It's my answer. I think you'll laugh at it. No, no, I won't laugh. I sincerely want to know. All right. Do you remember an old cartoon, Kimba the White Lion? Sure. I've always pictured God as Kimba's father, the head white lion. <laughs> you said you wouldn't laugh. I lied. <laughs> Kimba's father, huh? That's cute. As for me, I've never believed in God. Never? Then this must be doubly hard for you. Hard? I keep forgetting. Isaac. Isaac, I don't feel so well. Think of other things, Anne. Think of other things. Isaac. Isaac, tell me a story. Once there was a man, a savage. His heart was like fire and his soul like lava. But he didn't know what the burning inside him was for. He hid his true desires through falsehoods. But when it was over, he was again alone with his fiery heart and soul like lava, searching for his true desire. If he could build, he thought. If he could build, perhaps the burning sensation would be quenched. So he built magnificent structures and vessels that carried people across long voyages. He would build frantically, never pausing, never stopping. But the day came when he could build no longer. He was tired and he could no longer remember why he had even begun. And yet the burning sensation would not go away. So he married, his passion spent. She gave birth to children, all of whom had long and rich lives. Yet when he died, his last thought was of the burning desire for something more which had never left him. God, I hate that story. I know. You always want the happy ending. Isaac, if you could have any wish in the world, what would it be? You. And that night when I gave you the stuffed animal, why didn't we make love? Because I knew that making love to me only once would be far more painful to you than never making love to me at all. I see. And you decided this yourself? My feelings didn't matter? No. No, they didn't. What you were feeling at that moment didn't matter a damn. What you would feel later did. What if there hadn't been a later? There will always be a later for you. Oh, Isaac, please don't be hurt. You're such a little boy. And what would your wish be, Anne, if you could have any in the world? Happiness. Not health? I'd rather be sick and happy than well and sad. <coughs> 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 don't die, Anne. Please, don't leave me alone. Isaac, you must tell the world that you exist the very moment that I die. I won't exist anymore. Not when you die. Untrue. All of the times I got angry at you, all of the times I yelled meaningless feathers in the wind. Tell me that story again. The feathers in the wind story. A man gossiped against his neighbors, spreading both lies and unsavory truths. 
Then one day he felt an attack of remorse and went to the wise man of his village to ask how he could atone for his sin. The wise man told him to take a feather pillow and rip it open, allowing the wind to scatter the feathers over the ground. The next day, the man came to the wise man and asked, Now what? The sage told him to collect the feathers and stuff them back into the pillow. When the man objected that it was an impossible task, the wise man replied, So it is with the words we speak. Once uttered, they cannot be retracted. I love that story. Why that story, Anne? Of that story, each action, each statement, each sentence, each word, it affects the rest of the world. We're bound together through our language, both spoken and unspoken. It's like you and I, Isaac, bound together by the unspoken language of love. You don't love me. I do, as a brother, a friend. It is hard to explain. But in many ways, I love you more than any man I've actually been with. Did you ever meet my cousin, Corey? No, I don't think so. Why do you ask? He was the first man to let me know that he wanted me. He liked my body. The contours, he would say, are like a finely tuned instrument. (laughs) One of the good things about dying is that you can be as vain as you want. My thoughts can no longer do me harm. The pleasure I get from knowing I attract men is one of the last pleasures I have. If I didn't know how much it would hurt you, I'd ask you to tell me all of your fantasies of me. And I'd make you be as explicit as possible. And if I thought they'd touch any part of you other than your vanity, I'd tell you them. There's so little time left, Isaac. Grant me the freedom of my vanity. You know, Isaac... I always dreamed of being a great actress. If there's a stage in heaven, I'll be acting on it. I said that to Jackson Carey in the sixth grade. We were playing spin the bottle. We were both so scared. We were talking about any and everything to keep our minds off the game. The weather, TV shows, our families, what we wanted to be when we grew up. He wanted to be an airline pilot. He asked me what I wanted to be, and I said an actress. I want to be an actress. I wanted to be an actress. I'm going to die an actress. I said, if there's a stage in heaven, I'll be acting on it. The bottle stopped. Jackson Carey was the first boy I ever kissed. And... And now I'll be the last boy you'll ever kiss. Yes. How do you want to die? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be there? I don't care where. I want the one person who is always there for me to be with me. Isaac. You know, I'll never forget the only time I found myself yelling at you. We were in the eighth grade. You had jokingly stolen my notebook, but you accidentally lost some of my notes. You son of a bitch! I need those notes for a test! I'm going to flunk because of you! Promise me that you won't leave until I'm gone. I won't. I I promise. Hush. Oh, I'll be over soon. And I'll remember you as a mother does a child. I'll never have a child. I'll never feel someone growing inside me or have someone who depends on me. Will you be my child, Isaac? The baby I'll never have. Will you be the continuation of my life? My immortality? Will you, Isaac? 
please? I'll do anything you ask me to do, Anne. Anything at all. If you want me to be your child, I'll call you mommy. That won't be necessary. In many ways, you're already my child. I'll make you proud of me. <laughs> I have a child, and it was so easy. No labor pains, and you never kicked me. Maybe I can have all my dreams fulfilled after all. I've had both animalistic sex and tender love. I've had good wine, food, and money. What else do I wish for? Family? You'll do just fine. Except I've always wanted a husband. Oh, what the hell. This is my world, isn't it? Isn't it, Isaac? It's your world, Han. Anything and everything you want it to be. Then you'll be my husband and my son. My whole family. Kiss me like a son. Now, kiss me like a husband. We have to stop. I guess I have a headache. Tell me more of those inner thoughts you've held back. I've longed to know how your mind works and what your thoughts are. No, you haven't. You think you have because you think it would bring us closer. Trust me, Isaac, it would drive us apart. Farther than death will. I'll never be driven away from you. Only pushed. Oh, that's sweet, but untrue. You once thought yourself unworthy of my friendship. You wondered why I was your friend. Do you remember? Yes. I am your friend for the same reason I'm anyone's friend. I want to be. Have you ever made love, Isaac? You know the answer to that. I can still see my first. I don't remember his name. It wasn't Charlie, by the way, although I know you always thought it was. I was 15. We met at a dance. He asked me to walk with him. We walked. We got to a place where no one was around, and he took me by the arms and kissed me. I knew if I kissed him back, we'd have sex. So I kissed him back. No, I didn't love him, but I probably thought I did. Have you ever loved? What answer can I give you that wouldn't shock you? If I said yes, it would shock you because you'll never believe that I could love someone other than you. If I say no, it would shock you because your romantic heart would bleed for my loss. Answer me. In either case, I have to know. No. I've never loved. But I've been loved. By better and finer people than myself. People who've not laid a hand on me. And others who have. Whoever they are, they pale in comparison to you. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Well, Isaac, how can someone who knows me as well as you do know me so little? I'm a vain, self-centered little slut. That's all I've ever been. That's all I ever will be. Anne. You don't get it. It's all I want to be. I want to be self-centered and vain. I want to be the center of attention and having sex when and with whomever I want. I like being shallow, and you keep trying to pull me into the deep end. Maybe it's because I know who you are. Maybe that's the real reason you never allowed yourself to fall in love with me. Not because I don't know you, but because I do. <coughs> I have you. I know. Still want to make love? Yes. Sometimes you know just what to say. There's my bell again. Ringing so that I know it's almost time. Stop talking about the bell, Anne. Please. 
You're so weak, Isaac. I know. I guess I should be glad. Were you strong, you would have walked away long ago. Or strangled me. You know I deserve either. Stop that. There were so many girls who wanted you, Isaac. Nice girls. Girls who would have loved you and taken care of you. Remember Lori Coleman? She wasn't you. That's my point. Why me, Isaac? What is so special about me? It certainly can't be my personality. Is it physical? Please, please let it be purely physical. Give me a man's answer. Do you really want to know? Yes. You'll be disappointed with my answer. Of that I have little doubt. You like to see yourself as vain, self-centered, and uncaring, but I watch you when you think you're not being watched. I've seen the bird on the windowsill and the boy on the bike and Melissa Artman. Stop. The bird on the windowsill that you nursed back to health. The boy on the bike whose bleeding legs you bandaged. Melissa Artman, the ugly, awkward girl you befriended when no one else would. Isaac, I'm asking you to stop. Why does the kindness you have offered people hurt you so? You don't understand. No, I don't. You can't understand. You have no idea how painful it is to be kind. You... <laughs> I'm sorry, Anne. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll talk about something else. I know. A, a story. I'll tell you another story. One day, one day a vulture landed on the ground. He wanted to know what it was like for those animals who couldn't fly. He saw a fish that had come up to see what it was like for those animals who couldn't swim. The vulture and the fish stared at each other, wondering if the other was friend or foe. The vulture knew that he could eat the fish in one bite and take to the skies again, but the waters were far and the fish had no defense. The vulture came close and the fish was frightened. He was completely at the vulture's mercy. But the vulture just smiled at the fish and took once again to the skies. The fish, understanding, went back to the ocean. The end. I am the vulture and you are the fish. You know that, don't you? No, I am the vulture, you are the fish. How do you figure that? The fish is completely at the vulture's mercy, and he wants that fish, but he doesn't press his advantage. But it's in the vulture's nature to press his advantage. The story is the exception. So you see, I am the vulture, the vulture who still might consume the fish. I hear that bell again. Are you sure you can't hear it? Stop it. Please stop it. What's the matter, little Isaac? Tell Mommy all about it. It hurts. It hurts, Mommy. What hurts, dear? My tummy. Isaac, wherever Mommy goes, she's still with you. Don't give me that crock of shit. Once you leave me, you're gone. You still don't understand. If I were the vulture, I'd have you. I wouldn't spare you. I'd take you so that I'd always have a part of you. I'd consume you. Don't say that. Don't ever speak that way again. Or I'll send you to bed without supper. I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. I didn't mean to slap you so hard. I hate that word. For the rest of my life, I will never use it again. <laughs> Won't that be hard? 
Please don't tease me, dear. I can't take it right now. So we're the husband now. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I won't do it again. Anything interesting in the paper? Well, the stocks fell again, but that makes sense. After all, it is mid-afternoon. <laughs> There's a good movie playing at the Orpheum tonight. What's name? A Death in the Family. Well, do see it. I can't join you tonight. I have to look after the children. We only have one. No, we have two. I think I'll stay in tonight. Read a book. Hold you until... Until you fall asleep. Until I fall asleep. Would you like more coffee? No, thank you. <coughs> Isaac, it hurts. Stop feeling it, and Think of other things. Like what? A story? No, Isaac. No more stories. Do you think it's time? God, my stomach hurts. It's not time, Anne. It won't be time for years. I remember a few years ago, we were sitting on a bus, a high school field trip. You were playing backgammon with Larry Wallace. I was watching you, taking in every move of your body. I wrote a poem about it. <laughs> it was a piece of crap, that poem. I called it Girl on a School Bus. Trust me, it was awful. I watched you and took down your every movement in my mind. Let you go now? You'll have a hard time convincing me to do that. Hard? Not again. I'm sorry, Isaac. I'm so sorry you're hurting. I'm sorry you're not. Goodbye, Isaac. We'll not be seeing each other again. And... You may not die. There is so much. My fantasies of you, you wanted to hear them. I want to make love to you all night and day. A violent love. I, I want to grasp your press in my hands and mold them like two lumps of clay in the hands of a master sculptor. I want to show you gentleness and firmness, a, a hardness that will drive you into ecstasy until you scream uncontrollably and I explode inside you. Don't die, Anne. I want to fulfill your dreams and be your fantasies. I want to worship you and dominate you at the same time. I want you to beg and demand at the same time. Worship you as my goddess and dominate you as my bitch. From the jingling and the tinkling of the bells. Hear the mellow wedding bells. Golden bells. What a world of happiness their harmony foretells. Stop. Isaac? This is the end, Anne. I can't stop it anymore. I know. I'm still here. Don't let me die in your arms. I love you, Isaac. I know. I know. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's presentation of the short play, I Am the Vulture, by Daniel M. Wolpe, directed by Marty Mathis, performed by Courtney Daniel Westman and Warren Post. Intro music by Ben Sound. 
can reach us by sending an email to shortplaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have a short play that you'd like to hear produced, please send us an email. We do not have the rights to these plays. If you'd like to produce them, please contact us for the author's information.